We're on a thousand planets and spreading out. Open the pod bay doors, Hal. Danger, Will Robinson. Danger. Look, up in the sky. It's a bird. It's a plane. To the bat poles. May the force be with you. Who is that mask? Avengers, assemble. Good afternoon and welcome to the Fantastic Forum. I'm Ulysses E. Campbell. As always, we'll begin the show with some genre-related news. The Green Lantern series, originally planned for HBO Max, may have been dumped. The show was announced back in 2019 with Greg Berlanti as executive producer, but since then, the project has been in turmoil. Actors have been reported as being cast and producers attached to the project only to later depart as Warner Brothers retools. Most recently, it was reported that the focus of the show would change from the broader GL core to Lantern John Stewart. The most recent showrunner, Seth Graham Smith, chose to leave amidst the ongoing lack of consistent direction. Additionally, while initially announced with a budget of $125 million, that figure was reduced following the Warner Brothers Discovery merger. Precise numbers on the project budget have not been made available. Given the cost and the studio's recent cancellations, it seems unlikely that the relative expense of the show for the HBO Max platform would mean an end to the project. Excuse me, sorry, it seems likely. Uh, that didn't make any sense. No official announcements have been made concerning the fate of the project. Earlier this week, James Cameron's Avatar, The Way of Water, crossed the $1 billion mark at the global box office, making it only the third movie of 2022 to achieve that milestone. In just over two weeks in release, the sequel has now earned close to... billion worldwide, with a little over $358 million coming from the domestic U.S. market. The Way of Water is also the fastest to hit $1 billion since Spider-Man No Way Home in 2021, which took 12 days. Only six movies in history have surpassed the $1 billion mark in their first two weeks of release. The film appears as if it will stay strong going into 2023, which will be critical if it is to break even. The original Avatar was released in 2009 and remains the highest grossing release in history with $2.97 billion worldwide. A couple of anniversaries this week as December 25th marked 23 years since the theatrical release of Galaxy Quest, and December 28th was the 90th anniversary of the birth of the late Nichelle Nichols. The 28th was also the 100th anniversary of the birth of Stan Lee. Today we're talking about some of these news items and more. Joining me are Drew Bittner, Brian Lyles, and Warren Bernard, with whom I am trying to make the connection even now. So, uh, 
we'll see how yeah we'll we'll absolutely see how well that works uh you know <laughs> The miracle of technology and all that. Yes. <laughs> so, <laughs> the, the miracle of technology functions. Yeah, yeah, tell me about it, you know. But, uh, you know, again, uh, one of those things. So uh, we, are, we are just doing what we can. In any case, uh, Brian, I know we have you. Hi, how you doing, folks? Yeah, doing all right. Hey, and you're coming to <laughs> hey, us, uh, you know. Oh, yeah, well, there you go. You know, again, coming to us from the... Uh, uh, from out of town, you have yes. <laughs> been traveling uh, for Christmas, and uh, you know, so so there it is. Mm-hmm. There you go. <laughs> yeah, you know, <laughs> man, you know, this is uh, like I said, still struggling to try and uh, and get Warren connected. Anyway, look. In the meantime, uh, and this is really gonna be like very unfortunate. If I can't make this work, mm. uh, live radio is ladies and gentlemen. This is great live. Yeah, yeah, you know, and um, you know, I'm I'm actually kind of salty because uh, there's uh, well, again, technical issues being mm. what they are, and uh, you know, I'll I'll talk a little bit more about that. Uh, with you, Brian, after we get off, because of course we had connected, and you're like, "Whoa, hey!" And then all of a sudden, I got to call you again. You know? uh, so, true, true. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, well, all right. I guess we're going to have to go to Plan B as far as uh, Warren goes. But hey, look. In the meantime, um, in terms of these uh, news items that I had. Uh, anybody got any thoughts on this Green Lantern series? Because of course, that oh. Geez, be nice if I gave you a mic, Drew. Hey, <laughs> there, there I am. <laughs> Woo-hoo! Yeah, well, you know, I don't ordinarily get flustered, but, uh, you know, the issue is... Oh, wait a minute. Now, this might work. Oh, this, 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 this actually might work. Okay. All right. So let's see, you know. Okay, so we're talking about uh, Green Lantern. Hello. Yes, uh, there, and there he is, Warren Bernard. Hey. <laughs> Again, I was complaining about the tech, and, you know, now all of a sudden we've got everybody. So, uh, Warren, I was just telling uh, Drew Bittner and Brian Lyles, who are my other panelists today, uh, that uh, I was wondering what uh, people's thoughts were about this uh, HBO Max Green Lantern show that may have been dumped. Apparently, there's a um, uh, one of these uh, crap. I don't even know what to call him. Uh, a um, uh, uh, not a leaker. Um, you know, somebody. A source. Who, anonymous yeah, wait, wait. A well, no, not even an anonymous source. He a scooper. A scooper, and there's this scooper who had uh, apparently gotten the word on this thing and put it out. And uh, but ah. then, as mm. I was verifying the veracity of the scoop, there were all these people who were saying, "Yeah, this guy has gotten like three things right in a couple of years." <laughs> and so I'm <laughs> like, "Whoa!" But it does seem likely because uh, based on what Warner Brothers has been doing particularly with the cancellations of some of their higher profile projects in light of the new leadership over there at uh, what is now DC Studios so actually you know what Warren since you're just coming in here actually none of us have had an opportunity to talk and I've been mostly complaining <laughs> about the fact that things haven't been working right in the booth but uh, let's let's have you chime in on that cuz I know you've got an interesting perspective 
what with your corporate background and uh, the recognition of David Zasloff, who is the new Warner Brothers chief, uh, how he is uh, sort of penny pinching here. But well, again, I'm, I'm curious. Well, there, there are uh, a, cu- a couple of big things. Okay, the first one is is that when Discovery bought HBO, they 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 got a ton of debt. Can you hear me? Yes, I'm not. Oh. I don't have to respond to everything. I'm, I'm waiting for you to talk. <laughs> okay. well, I'm sorry. Was was there so, was there something was there something I said that needed? Well, sorry, <laughs> something you said that needed a reply? <laughs> no, 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 no. I didn't. I uh, okay. All right. No, so, you 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 probably hear Brian in the background because he's oh, okay. he he is also connecting remotely, and right. uh, I, I God only knows what else he's doing over there. So. <laughs> Um, but so, please, anyway, please. They, they, they got a, a boatload of debt. Zaslev came in. He's been cutting stuff left and right because he, quite frankly, is going to have trouble just meeting his his uh, debt payments. OK, and paying for the infrastructure. So so there's that big problem. The other problem that there is, is that the CW network, which used to be the proving ground for all the DC Universe TV shows, um, has been failing miserably over the last couple of years in terms of gathering an audience for a whole bunch of different reasons. And a lot of the CW network was sold to another another company called Nexstar. And so without the proving ground of the CW network, which is where like the Arrowverse was and Flash and stuff like that, and then you have Zaslev coming in and Peter Gunn and what's this other guy's name again? You've got James Gunn and Peter Safran. And Pe- right, yes. right. And, and those guys coming in, and, and without even looking at Green Lantern, if you look at all the stuff they've cut and you look at what they've said, two things to me pop out. The first one is, is they didn't like what whatever it was, whatever it was that was in the pipeline. They didn't like it. Mm-hmm. OK, didn't matter what it was. And the second thing is, it's really cool. It's, it's really clear to me anyway, that, that they want to put their own mark on the entire DC universe, which, you know, it could be good. It could be bad. We don't know. And so at this point, because they're because it was supposed to be just this coming week, I think, that they were supposed to get together with Zaslev to say, okay, this is how we see mapping out the DC universe. As that discussion hasn't even happened with the head of the company, I don't know that anyone can say anything mm. <laughs> about what is or isn't going to be shown. Mm. Yeah. 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 Well, <laughs> I, I think uh, a couple of other things uh, leap out at me with this. And... Um, when you when you talk about how uh, Saffron and Gunn want to put their own mark on this thing, I mean, yeah, and and I suppose ultimately it was, after all, what they were hired for. But I, I think that there is a certain inefficiency in what's going on. I ultimately, and I've said this before, but I, I think that this effort is doomed to failure. Now, um, that doesn't mean that it is going to be a a crashing failure but let's face it anything that is short of the success that Disney Marvel has enjoyed is going to be considered a failure by Warner Brothers and there is absolutely no way in hell that they are going to be as successful as Disney Marvel not with the organizational structure that they have a big part of the reason in my mind for the success that uh, these these Marvel pictures have enjoyed is the autonomy that um, uh, uh, Kevin Feige enjoys over mm-hmm. there, and you know, just there, there are too many cooks 
uh, trying to add to the broth over there at Warner. Uh, there are too many mm-hmm. people to answer to in terms of everything you're trying to do. Uh, you know, you're not going to achieve a consensus in terms of what is going to interest the audience. You know, I mean, it's a very particular kind of concoction, and especially not when the only metric that they use is the financial success of other projects. I mean, mm-hmm. I under- that was the whole reason that they had approached, um, uh, what's-his-face, who did the Batman movies, because Matt the Reeves. Batman... Uh, who? Matt Reeves? No, 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 no. The other no, Christopher Nolan. Chris, yeah, Nolan. Christopher Nolan. Thank you. Because those movies were successful. They're like, oh, you've made us some money. We want you to direct this. And he brought in Snyder and all that. But I understand oh, that they were coming after uh, What's-His-Face, who did the Joker movie. Because that movie was successful. They're like, Todd please, Phillips. please, thank you. They're like, please, please, yeah. uh, direct well, our I, universe. You know? I, I'm, I'm reminded of of what you say a lot, Yuli, of how Warner Brothers is old Hollywood. You, you've said that many, many times, and and it's true. Warner Brothers was old Hollywood. I think this merger, unfortunately, is trying to make them into this modern-day hybrid Hollywood powerhouse, which already is failing. Um, I felt like once, you know, not just only with the Green Lantern, uh, core or slash John Stewart series, but with you know, let's go back to early this year when Batgirl got canceled. This whole thing has been a complete disaster, and you expect us like on a sports thinking of sports wise, if you trade your top notch player to get some whatever low low round draft picks, and, and you know somehow the comparison doesn't work in the end, and you expect it well within five years will be a great great product, and it's like I'm not seeing that right now. I mean, you guys were fine, absolutely fine with what you were doing. You felt like you wanted to get away from this you know MCU model that you you know that they've been doing for over for over a decade over at Disney Marvel. But now it seems like you're trying to go back to it with Gunn leading the leading the helm now. It, it just to me, it's it's a lot of confusion, a lot of people upset, and I really think like whatever Discovery Warner, because that's what it is, because Discovery is leading, yeah. this, and it's it's really unfortunate for fans like us to have to sit and wait to see how good or bad or ugly this whole mess comes about after this merger well i i would agree except that you know we haven't seen the blueprint yet and mm-hmm. you know i isn't that due I, out like next week it's the first week or so of january is the next talked. week <laughs> well it is um i think january 10 is the the deadline but um we haven't seen the blueprint yet i do agree that i think they're doing an awful lot of debt clearing right now um getting rid of batgirl they preemptively canceled supergirl before that got too far down the pipeline um, Henry Cavill not coming back as Superman. They're really doing an awful lot to Wonder um, Woman three being canceled. Well, mm-hmm. that that you know, Patty Jenkins was wa- walked away. Then they and they let her walk away. That's pretty much you know canceling her version of Wonder Woman three. She you know Gal Gadot may come back, but we don't know. I think they're doing their best to put the Snyderverse in the rearview mirror right now, and it won't surprise me too much if they approach this from the point of the Suicide Squad and Peacemaker are really the seeds from which they'll grow the DCU. That we already we already have a Justice League in place. It exists. It's there. It may be different people in those roles. I don't think they're going to have Ezra, Ezra Miller back. 
I think Jason Momoa wants to move on to be Lobo at this point, which I think is a better fit for him anyway. Mm. I think there's going to be an awful lot of deck shuffling and a lot of changing of, of faces, changing of the guard, but I really do think that they may very well start off with this is the D- the DC universe. It exists. It's already there. We're not going to do origin stories anymore. We're not going to reintroduce you to a brand new Superman origin story where he gets his powers and he's living in Smallville and he goes to the big city of Metropolis and blah, 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 and all that really, really boring stuff that we <laughs> don't need. We've seen the origin stories of all these characters more than enough times. Let's just start with a DCU that already exists and go from there. And that it wouldn't surprise me if they actually go there. And I and I wouldn't be surprised either if Gunn goes with a lot of the Charlton characters in what he wants to do next. He's already done that with Peacemaker. We've seen Peacemaker, Judo Master. It won't surprise me if we see Blue Beetle, like the original Blue Beetle, um, you know, the question and all these other characters showing up in one way, shape or form or another. Because I think that he likes those characters, and I think he wants to use them, and I don't think they'll take a back seat to yet another Batman, yet another Flash, yet another Wonder Woman, and so on and so on. I think that that, that may be where he wants to start building up the DC Universe. You are listening to Fantastic Forum on WERA 96.7 FM in Arlington, and streaming at WERA.FM. Radio Arlington. I'm Ulysses E. Campbell. I'm joined today by Warren Bernard, Brian Lyles, and Drew Bittner. We've been talking a little bit about the uh, scooper who has made the announcement that uh, the most recent, uh, well, made the announcement, made the announcement about the most recent potential cancellation over under the DC umbrella, which is. The Green Lantern series, which was initially Green Lantern Corps, which then ultimately was supposed to be focused on Jon Stewart, and which was going to be released via HBO Max, which apparently is not going to be released now in HBO Max, according to this scooper. But no official word has been made by the studio. Now, uh, one question well, I want to... Well, well, uh, Warren, hold that thought just one second, because, and sure. I'll come right back to you, because one question I want to pose to Drew... Um, because uh, you know you have suggested that, and hey, it may be because uh, Gunn certainly has shown an affinity for some of these Charlton characters. Uh, but a couple of things that you said when you were when you were just talking a minute ago, <laughs> is suggesting that uh, DC was going to go away from uh, Ezra Miller and that we might see the Charlton uh, older Blue Beetle show up somewhere. And I got to ask you, because Blue Beetle's still on the schedule. In fact, they just, and this is the Jaime Rodriguez yeah. version, or Jaime Reyes, I forget the name of the character. But, um, yeah, thank you. And so, um, he's, that movie is supposed to be coming out next year, and uh, it, apparently it's, yes. it's, it's done, you know, yeah. and you know, anyway. But, and there's also The Flash, starring Ezra Miller, which... Uh, DC, uh, this well, this current regime seems doggedly tied to because, uh, as the reports go, this film has tested through the roof with the various audiences that have uh, seen the rough cuts. Hmm. So um, what I'm wondering is, despite this, because the, the Flash, despite all of Ezra Miller's problems that have been well, well reported in the media, uh, DC Films has not canceled that film. Right. And so I'm wondering, uh, in the light of all this, uh, are you prepared to stick to what you're saying? Or yeah. Are you, okay. <laughs> right. yeah. well, because because mm-hmm. I, I will bet you $10 right here and now that... Flash winds up being a flashpoint. It winds up being a reset. 
for the DCU. Oh, okay. Well, wait a minute. But but it's going to come out. It will it's come gonna, out. All right. Well, that, will, no, all I'm saying out. is Blue the Beetle movie is going to come out. Gonna come yes. out. Yes. It's going to star Ezra yeah. Miller, whether or not they do anything beyond that. Because if you were going to say The Flash was going to get canceled, oh, I was no, going no. to take you $10. No. <laughs> no. No. But, the, but, but Flash will be how they reset the DC universe. Okay. Warren, what were you going to say? Well, you know, one of the things that we need to um, we need to keep in mind is that because they they're they're short on money, I think they're going to go ahead and have certain DC things go to other streaming platforms, and let them develop it. There's a there's an article here. I don't know if you saw it. Warner Brothers Television looks to Amazon for DC mm-hmm. DC branded animation. Okay, hmm. and so. Uh, you know, we, we also have taken take into account that they don't have enough money to develop everything, and they may license some of this stuff out to the <laughs> other streaming platforms. They might. It's kind of like reverse how what Marvel did with their movies in in the 80s. It's like sell out to other people so they can at least get it out there. Well, yeah, and, and that's part of it. But also, Marvel at that time, you know, of course, didn't have the chops to go ahead and develop the films on their own. One mm-hmm. of the reasons why they sold Spider-Man to Sony because they, you know, they were like, okay, you know, we're, we're never going to get this made on our own. So, and and HBO has got this, like I said, you know, huge financial problem. And I mm-hmm. think that, you know, I, as as this headline says, I think that some of this other stuff is going to eventually be licensed to the streaming platforms and let them develop it. That wouldn't surprise me very much. I mean, you know, heaven knows, uh, Amazon's got very deep pockets. Mm-hmm. And so does Netflix. Mm-hmm. So does Netflix. Yeah. Well, you know, uh, despite what you're saying, Warren, Warner Brothers' pockets are pretty deep too, and they've had some fairly big films that have come out this year. I mean, now I, I, I I'll grant you, Zaslav is being very deliberately thrifty, but I certainly don't think it's a case of poverty on the part of Warner Brothers. Given, I mean, in fact, Warner Brothers, uh, it has been pointed out. Um, by some people on this show uh, that this is the only entity at this instant that can even remotely come close to challenging Disney in terms of the IP that it controls which is substantial Mm -hmm. and which is spinning off money hand over fist even as we speak well um, yes that's true except and here's another headline. Warner Brothers Discovery has over $53 billion in debt. Mm-hmm. And mm. of course, you have to service all of that debt. And because you have to try to pay some of that debt off, all right, between the two of them, and also interest rates have got up. So if they have to roll over anything, like let's say if they have bonds due next year, they're screwed because they're going to pay more, pay more interest to roll over those bonds. So. I, I don't disagree with you in terms of intellectual properties. No question the HBO platform, Discovery, you know, if you like reality TV, that's why you watch Discovery, okay? Mm-hmm. But when it comes to intellectual property, yes. The DC Universe, um, what, what they have there, plus what HBO has, you know, gotten all together is the only comparable thing to Disney around. Mm, yeah, and I appreciate and see this is this is the whole reason I love ha- well it's part of the reason I love having you on the show you know because that that debt thing the amount of debt they're carrying that is no small thing and you know I, I can understand where if you're David Zaslav and you're the one who's sitting there where the rubber meets the road despite all this other wonderful stuff <laughs> how much how much debt did you say they were carrying again and I I I I, I, I thought fifty three billion. 50 
fifty. Yeah, that's what I thought you said. Fifty-three mm. billion. That is that's a right. lot of debt. Yeah. And, yeah. and Disney doesn't have that much debt, and and they've got much more, many more other things like their, um, uh, uh, like their, um, their playgrounds and stuff like that to go mm. ahead and make money. Um, Netflix doesn't have that much debt. Uh, Amazon Prime doesn't have that much debt, but Warner Brothers Discovery does. And that, mm. That's a that's a big problem. That hey, is. Now l- let me ask you. Um, it did, did did this happen during the merger, or had Warner been yes. carrying... Okay, all right. Well, um, part of it was because of the merger. Part of it was because when AT&T... Remember, AT&T bought DC and HBO first. Right. And they owned them. They accumulated some debt, and then when they flipped them over to Discovery, more debt, because Discovery, I think, pretty much financed the whole deal with debt, if I... My memory shows you. Because remember, Discovery was actually a smaller company. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. And and I'd seen that before. My company, MCI, was actually bought by a much smaller company, and within three years they were bankrupt. Mm. So that was that was my my frame of reference. Not anyway, a cool business it's, model, sir. No. Yeah, it's it's very difficult to just wave away fifty three billion dollars. <laughs> well, excuse me, it's impossible. <laughs> <laughs> I I appreciate you, but man, you know it's like let's not mince words. It is impossible to, and 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 this is one of the things that I think that uh, we as fans don't necessarily, well, excuse me, certainly don't appreciate because uh, there's a friend of mine, um, you know, who is uh, in fact you know actor, voice talent, and he always says it, it's it's called show business, and a lot of people put the emphasis on the show part. But you got you can't ignore the business side of this, uh-uh. and you know, or at least if you do, you do so at your own peril. You know? So it's uh, it's it's a very serious kind of thing, and it, it, particularly from when you introduce that element to it, a lot of the stuff that Zaslav has been doing makes sense. I mean, even though people are like, "Well, but Batgirl only cost ninety three million," and I mean that whole business model that uh, had been advanced. Uh, under um, Walter Hamada, where they were going to do some smaller films, and these things were going to come out through HBO Max, and I mean, it seemed great. But all right, you know, where where's where's your bottom line? I mean, how are you actually making money with this stuff? And well, it, yeah, I want, I want to add because well, the thing is, is like most of these. What based on what I've been hearing is the fact that the, the Discovery people are pretty much the guys leading this ship right now. Yes. And they think like that. They think small. You know, that's why most of their uh, projects that you see on Discovery Plus or any of the Discovery channels um, are, you know, reality based. They're cheaper. They're, you know, they're, you know, two or three man group you know, camera crews and stuff like that. And one producer, as much as, it, you know, some of their shows are appealing and stuff and entertaining based off of the shows that a lot of people watch. But if you put that into the aspect of modern, or let's say in this current entertainment, especially in this genre, that's bad. I, that is not a good fix. I mean, you, a reality-based superhero show, okay, that'll be a good concept. But overall, but but the model that you're trying to you're trying to bring your model that you brought in from Discovery into this does not work and again you as much as like all of us yeah we are complaining due to the fact that that we don't understand why you're doing this 
I mean, mind you, we understand that, okay, based on what Warren just said, there's $58 billion in debt. 53. We got to cut all these projects. Let's, yeah, let, let, let's not drown them. <laughs> 53 billion. <laughs> yes. But the yes. thing is, is the fact is like, okay, you still had a lot of good projects that were greenlit that could have saved you. You could have did, Batgirl was supposed to be like how Wonder Woman was during the pandemic. When Wonder Woman 84 was your, your, your shining light to say, hey, come see us on HBO Max, we're putting on Wonder Woman 84. And a lot of people came and watched it. A lot of new subscribers. That would have been your Batgirl. Batgirl was supposed to be that. And that's what I feel like that was completely missed during this merger. You're having your current status of what you have over at Warner, but you're trying to do this clean slate and put in whole Discovery Plus stuff that I really think is a bad fix. Well, but you know, Brian, <laughs> what I hear is that the, 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 the release on HBO Max for Wonder Woman 84 during the mm. pandemic, that didn't work out real well for them, you know? Yeah, and it would have been... there was a lot of confusion. I do agree. There was a lot of confusion, but... It's still it, it's supposed to be that magnet. What I really feel is like a lot of people when it comes to their subscribing platforms, Amazon, their main magnet is, hey, we got these new shows and now they have football. Netflix, we have all these great new shows and there's other issues they have, but they still have a lot of new shows, a lot of movies and people contracted that. HBO Max was supposed to be your 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 gravity pull of a lot of the genre fans to come say, hey, we have all your DC stuff. We have your sh we have these great new cartoons coming out. We have all these great movie projects coming out, and now it's sliced and diced and put to the trash. And now it's like, okay, what we're we gonna do with HBO Max now? What we're we gonna do with a lot of the projects that we had green lit now? Oh, just send it to the theaters. Let's try to get even and call it a day, and then well, start a new new thing in two years. Well, all right, well, and, well, Warren, hold, hold that thought just a ahead. second because that musical cue musical means <laughs> it's time for us to take a short break. Because of course, Fantastic Forum comes to you via WERA ninety six point seven FM in Arlington, Virginia. We're a community radio station. We're non-commercial, and hence we rely on the ongoing generosity of our underwriters, sponsors, and listeners to be able to operate the radio station and the television station that we have here and to continue to bring you the quality programming that you have come to enjoy and to expect from WERA and our parent organization, Arlington Independent Media. In fact, I'm going to implore you to visit the website at WERA.FM or that of our parent organization, Arlington Independent Media, at ArlingtonMedia.org. Do it before midnight tonight. Make your tax-deductible gift in support of community radio, community media, and you'll still be able to make that a deduction on your taxes when you file next year. Be sure to visit one of those websites before midnight tonight. And uh, tell them Yuli Campbell sent you. Anyway, look, we still have more that we're talking about today on Fantastic Forum. And in fact, in the second half of the show, uh, there was a very interesting conversation that uh, Warren and I were engaged in yesterday. I'm going to try and figure out some way for us to finagle that into what we're doing. But in the meantime, uh, stick around because... Warren and Drew and Brian and I will be right back with more Fantastic Forum 
right after this. And welcome back to the Fantastic Forum here on WERA 96.7 FM in Arlington, Virginia, and streaming at WERA.FM. We are Arlington. I'm Ulysses E. Campbell. I'm joined today by Brian Lyles, Warren Bernard, and Drew Bittner. And when we took the break, we were talking a little bit about what's going on over at Warner Brothers Discovery and how it seems that they can't get out of their own way. In fact, I, I, a point that I want to make about this, because I have really hedged uh, for, for a long time on the fact that... Because people want to talk about the, the rivalry between DC and Marvel. I mean, it's a natural kind of thing ever since... DC controlled the amount of space at the newsstand where Marvel could publish. And, of course, DC was outselling them, and ultimately Marvel overtook them. And, you know, so the whole DC-Marvel thing, they're, they're comic books, they're superheroes, very natural sort of rivalry. So it's, again, completely natural extension of that to talk about the rivalry between the films. Now, this whole big-budget Hollywood thing in terms of the superhero movies was started by Warner Brothers with a little film called Superman the Movie back in 1978, but that was 44 years ago, and I had kind of lost sight of that since I'm an old man, but you know, see, so I can't keep talking about how DC started this, because if damn near 50 years, that's a long time. I mean, and you can't look at what they did back then and, you know, the uh, Tim Burton Batman movies and all that stuff. I mean, none of that is relevant to what's going on now in this current rivalry that we have. And, of course, that's what David Zaslav is talking about. I mean, if he knew me, he'd be like, shut up, Yuli. You don't know what the hell you're talking about. So, um, uh, but... There was, um, and there was, there was something that I was going to tell. Hey, well, all right. I so, while I'm trying to remember my point, when we took the break, Warren, there was something you were getting ready to say, uh, which is has totally left me because. Oh, you said, yes, yes. Um, hmm? No, go ahead. No, no. I was going to say I, I was waiting for you because it's totally left you, and then you were going to say something else about that, which is <laughs> even that's cool. You know, I mean, it's, I was hoping though that uh, you know your mind well, wasn't well, one, as one vacant as mine. That, that, you know, I, I want to respond to what you, what you said about, um, you know, basically uh, DC Comics starting this whole big budget superhero thing. And they have rewritten Batman seven times, eight times. I mean, how many times they've written Batman? So, you know, if I was Zaslev, from that perspective, I'd be like, well, I don't care what you did before. We've already rewritten Superman three or four times. Just think of the TV shows and the movies. And by the way, that 78 movie, I remember sitting there in the movie theater going, I hate this movie. <laughs> really? <laughs> oh, yes. Yeah, I, I, I was not a fan of that. Why that did you hate Superman the movie? I'm shocked. Shocked, I tell you. Well, <laughs> <laughs> well let me tell you. <laughs> it, it, anyhow, but, but, but besides that, so the point I, the point I want to make is, is – Unlike Marvel, which has tried to try to have a level of consistency across their their last twenty years of films, that everything was intricately tied together, and I think they did a good job of it. Okay, 
DC has gone in a totally different direction. And that direction is, well, you know, we've already done Batman six times. Let's go ahead and reboot him again. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I think that they're going to go ahead and do that with everything now. Mm-hmm. Well, I want to know why you didn't like Superman the movie. <laughs> <laughs> That's the first time hearing about this, and I thought I'm like, whoa, wait a minute. I know, Yuli, you and I have talked about this. Okay, I, I don't, I do not want to hijack this this conversation. So let, let's continue with uh, Zazlev because he's much more fun to beat up than me. He's just not gonna <laughs> tell us, folks. That's, that's you know, that's okay. If, it's his, it's his if, prerogative. If you want to know. Email me at producer at fantasticforum.tv. Tell me. I'd like to know what in the heck Warren Bernard is talking about here. But, um, and no, uh, Warren, a quick question for you then, um, because I, I thought we were having a really interesting conversation yesterday about um, uh, these, and I, hey, if, if I end up pivoting here, so be it, but uh, about um, the remaster, the remastering of stuff. And because uh, yeah. you were saying that you had, and I just can't remember how we got there now. It might have been because, you know, of Nichelle well, Nichols' birthday earlier in the week or something. Well, yeah, but, it was, it was, we, we went to Nichelle Nichols, then, then into Star Trek, and I, I wasn't aware of the remastering. We talked about that, and then we talked about what happened to the Star Wars movies and the Beatles and, and what happens to things over time. Um, and the, the, uh, the points that we were getting around in that conversation was is that. Yeah, you know, to modern uh, modern audiences, let's say the the new the new remastered Star Treks might look better and stuff like that, and that's arguable um, to someone of my advanced age. But the the problem you run into, and the same thing with Star Wars. So the Star Wars that I saw in the movies in 1977 is not what people are seeing today. Right. They've recolored it. They've added a bunch of stuff to it, but it is not the historical document that caused all of the fervor in 1977 same thing with empire strikes back three years later. well i mean i think i think warren you made a really good point earlier it's like that was a long long time ago i mean the fact yes, that in a galaxy far away yeah <laughs> and, and, and the fact and the fact that and the fact that you know warner brothers made superman and then batman in the 70s and 80s has no bearing on the superhero cinema market of today and yes, I agree. And, and frankly, I think that it's it's kind of it, it should be extremely embarrassing to Warner Brothers because they are an established studio. They should know how to do this, and clearly they don't. Clearly, yeah, right. and and I think I, and I was talking about this with my with my wife earlier. I said what I think it really has come down to historically is Marvel is proud of their characters. Warner Brothers is ashamed of them. And they, and as a result, they are dismissive. They are contemptuous. They think this is just kitty fair that you can put someone in a costume, put it up on a screen, and people should come see it. I don't think they really, really are proud of the intellectual property that they have, and they treat it badly or dismissively because of that. Mm. I, I think agree. that's well. I think that's a bit of a stretch. I, I would ask you specifically what projects have indicated to you. That they think it's kitty fair and they don't take it serious. Everything's X Snyder did. I, I don't. I mean, you know, I, I look. Everything's X Snyder did. Look, Everything I, because because look. because that's the the intellectual property of Superman in and of itself reflects you know um, integrity. It represents truth, justice in the American way. Nothing in Man of Steel represented that. Yeah, but it sure wasn't for kids. I mean, you know, in fact, that that's one of the it things. It wasn't Superman. That, 
Well, but still, that's one of the things that troubled me because there was a friend of mine who was uh, dating a woman at the time who had a couple of young kids. I think they were like six and eight. Mm -hmm. And he asked me after I'd seen Man of Steel, is it something he could take those kids to? And I was like, not really. And, you know, so, but it's very sad when you have a Superman movie or a movie that is purported to be about Superman in observance, what you're saying, where you can't take kids. Now, the one thing that I would say, though, is because there are all sorts of criticisms that you can level at that film and i think it, it, I it is des- well yeah <laughs> it, which it is deserving of but i you know i i i can't you know I, that's why i i asked you specifically what is it because okay maybe not appreciating it um but not taking it seriously or feeling like it's for kids i mean that's i, I didn't that, get I, think that, I didn't get that for i mean I think, uh, in fact a bunch of that stuff that snyder did it was aimed at a completely different audience and it was um, perverting the characters in a way, yeah. and yeah. you know, having them behave, it, well, presenting and I, and them would, in some say, way that was not that, consistent with the comic book presentation. And I would say that that's mm-hmm. my point: is that Zack Snyder shows contempt for those characters rather than appreciation for them. I mean, yeah. these are I, well, these well, that, are not that part of what you said. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so these, I, these I was not, looking at totality. What you said? Well. Kitty Fair, I mean, yes, no. Ah, uh, no. Okay, it's just, it's not it's not it's not for kids, but it does not reflect respect for the characters. Absolutely, it does not reflect fidelity. Absolutely, for the characters. I mean, even though and, I think he might have thought it did, or well, reimagining them for an, a for a new audience. Wait, wait, something else you said though, because <laughs> you you said <laughs> I said <laughs> yes uh, that they should know how to do this, and I'm wondering what how, how do you how do you arrive at that because. You know, I, I mean, geez, what what Marvel did was, and excuse me, I guess more precisely, what Kevin Feige did with the Marvel properties um, was unique. I mean, nobody had ever created a shared universe that branched over all these films like that. I mean, now I, I yeah. can appreciate how, given Warner Brothers' longevity, you can say, oh, somebody over there. Uh, I w- if somebody had told me going in uh, back in 1978, oh, one of these two uh, intellectual properties is going to develop into a shared universe that crosses over multiple films over multiple years, I'd have been like, oh, yeah, it's going to be DC. <laughs> you know, no question. It's, well, it's, I mean, so at least in that regard, yeah. the fact that the people over at Warner Brothers should have been better versed in doing this but you know the the idea to say that anybody should have known how to do it no no no, no, i'm not i'm not saying i'm saying that that any any, no it's not what i said i said i said warner brothers (laughs) should have known how to do this yeah 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 but but the fact of the matter is it reflects lack of vision they had the they had the capability to do this. They didn't have the vision to do it. Okay, all right. So yeah, yeah, I so appreciate you cleaning that, that up. The fact mm-hmm. that they didn't have a Kevin Feige is of course a problem. But they easily could have said Superman two will have an appearance by Batman in it. Superman three will have an appearance by Batman and Wonder Woman in it. And that's not a huge leap. I mean, I'd have rather seen Batman and Wonder Woman than Richard Pryor. Than what we, than what, sure. we, than what we got. Yes, we got diminishing <laughs> yeah. returns. Um, and, but the, uh, well, let me just jump in here for two seconds. One of the one of the things that I've noticed about DC is is that uh, to me they always put much more effort into their TV shows than their movies. Mm-hmm. Mm. And and their TV series, you know, whether whether it was the Arrowverse or the Flash or even go back to Smallville, um, 
uh, back to Dean Cain, uh, uh, Superman. Lois, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and and they always did a much to me a much better job with the TV shows, and that that's where they put their put their thinking caps on. Mm. And the movies to them were secondary, and Marvel was the exact opposite. I don't think I could even name a Marvel TV show that was worth worth me paying attention to. Kenneth Johnson's The Incredible Hulk. (laughs) (laughs) That's all right. Well, <laughs> Spider Man wasn't bad. <laughs> ah, what are you talking yes, about? I watch, I watch Bruce Banner. Okay, I admit it. <laughs> so, so th- th- there's there was also a strategic difference to me between the two studios because um, Marvel over the last twenty years they, they've done nothing with television. It's not a bad thing. I don't criticize them for it anyway, saying in, in any way, shape, or form. It's an observation. But DC has put a lot of effort into television over the last twenty. Years. Well, I think I think part of that, Warren, is that you know DC had a lot more um, weight to throw around in TV. I mean, Warner Brothers had has had shows on television for decades now, and and Marvel as a studio in and of itself had not. So had I not, think right. I, I think they were I think they were capable of exercising, you know, their their position in the market to say we're going to put on you know these TV shows. And as much as I've liked a lot of the Berlantiverse stuff, I had realized the other day I haven't watched a Berlantiverse show in two years. Um, I, I got tired of The Flash. I got tired of. Yes, I, I got sick I got of tired Legends. Of Supergirl, right? Yeah. I got tired. Yeah, I got tired of Supergirl. I mean, the, the problem. The problem to me is that a lot of these shows start off strong for the first couple seasons, and and then they just curdle, and I just yeah. lose all interest in them. Right, but for those first two or three years, for all the shows that we just mentioned, I mean, I was I was glued to to all of them, including the Green Arrow, for the first like two or three years. Then it got to, like either season three or season four, and I'm watching it. I'm like, what is this dreck? Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> no, I I, I agree 100. percent But remember, think of how much intellectual capital has to go into writing and producing and scripting TV shows and as many TV shows as they do as compared to movies. Sure. Mm-hmm. And and the other thing to me is they, they they could have used all of those shows to launch pad into movies. Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. And they mm-hmm. did. Right. Well, no, you, I agree 100%. Well, you got to... Oh, I, I really you, have you, the TV Flash and the Flash that we're getting now. Well, I, I, well I, I, hey, I hear that. But <laughs> hold that thought one second. You're listening to Fantastic Forum on WERA 96.7 FM and streaming via WERA.FM. We are your community radio station. I'm Ulysses E. Campbell. I'm joined today by Warren Bernard, Brian Lyles, and Drew Bittner. And uh, we have been raking Warner Brothers and DC Comics over the coals uh, for uh, everything that they have done uh, for us, to us, <laughs> you know, it's, it, because of us as fans and supporting them and reading the comic books. But one thing I want to point out, because I, I think that a lot of what all of you have said has merit. Uh, I would just note that the people who are producing the TV versions of these shows are not the same people who are producing the movie Mm -hmm. versions of the shows. And uh, it seems that Warner Brothers is loath to elevate any of these TV people to doing movie-related stuff. You know, one one of the things that uh, that I really hope, uh, and it's it's too bad that Dwayne McNub that Dwayne McDuffie is sadly no longer with us because you know for those of you who who know Dwayne or even for those of you who don't I suppose Dwayne McDuffie 
was a uh, notable writer of comics and animated series, did a lot of writing on the animated Justice League, and had a real wonderful grasp of all those characters. And I think is somebody who could have written a credible Justice League movie. And uh, unfortunately, he's not with us anymore. But I, I think that there are a couple of other people who have been connected with the animated projects, which, uh, frankly, DC has also excelled at. And uh, it would, in fact, one of the things, if you believe the scuttlebutt, is that um, James Gunn apparently is intending to base what they are going to be doing going forward on some of the animated stuff, you know, which I think would be a wonderful idea if it is true. So I, I think we have yet to, you know, we, we got to see exactly what they want to do. I mean, obviously, this propensity to keep going back and trying and trying and trying. But again, with the goal of making these movies that make a billion dollars. What I was just talking at the at the opening of the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are a handful of movies that have made a billion dollars. Mm-hmm. A handful. Yeah. Now it just so happens that a number of those are Marvel movies. Yeah. But you know, and yes, I agree the DC movies should be doing that, but you can't just slap any old thing. I think Black Adam shows us you can't just slap any old thing together and put it out there and expect people to come see it even if it stars the rock. Well, and, and I, I want to uh, um, expand on your point about the TV people not being brought over um, to do movies. Now, you know, we just talked about how um, uh, some of the cartoon stuff is, is getting melded in and who did a really good job of that in terms of continuity between their short series, their movies and their animation was Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Okay? Mm-hmm. So so they they went ahead and Another said, okay, Disney this is all about the same thing, and no matter what what content delivery mechanism we're going to use, movie, TV, animation, it's all going to be part of the same story. Mm-hmm. Marvel went ahead and said, okay, we're going to ignore everything else except for the movies, but we're going to have continuity here. And mm-hmm. DC, which does animation, and, and there's a lot of good stuff they've done on the animated side, they've done TV shows, they've done movies, did none of the above. Mm-hmm. Okay, and so compared to both the Star Wars and the Marvel universes, from from a strategic perspective, DC has been a big cluster. You know what? <laughs> yeah. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Well, uh, there is that. <laughs> so um, we only have a few minutes left, and um, I would—I uh, I don't know. I guess uh, final thoughts on all of this stuff, because uh, you know, I'm I'm. I love it, you know. I mean, and and mm-hmm. in fact, shoot, you can't see, but I'm wearing a Justice League of America uh, long sleeve <laughs> tee. I mean, you know, yeah. as much as I, as much as I love, and and hey, don't get me wrong, I love the Avengers. I love the Avengers, mm-hmm. but the Justice League of America, as the expression goes, this was the girl you wanted to take to the dance, mm-hmm. and um, you know, I, I, I mean, I grew up loving superman and batman i mean those were my guys you know and yeah i mean i spider-man and captain america and iron man and all those but you know these guys here you know they mm. they were the ones that they i mean the they, were, they were the giants yeah, yeah. they look you know and and so I, i'm just i think it's very sad that those characters are not bigger than the Marvel characters because well, by rights they should be. I mean that that that's my final thought on the thing. 
I, I, I want to say this as my final thought. I really believe Discovery Warner, I'm going to call him Warner, Warner Discovery because Discovery's leading this horse right now. Um, I feel that they are missing the boat on a lot of things. Um, I, As you guys are just talking about uh, what DC has been lacking, the other thing is there's another small property that Warner owns that they haven't even touched. And that's the Hanna-Barbera stuff. Right. I remember the days of Space Ghost and Johnny Quest. Those things are hidden gems that God knows what you could do with them if you put them on either television or film. Mm-hmm. And and as long as they get a good writer, a good producer, who will be willing to put that on there. Yeah. I just really feel like this day and age, you just got a lot of people who are just thinking about the dollar trying to save save a business that just didn't work and they figured it's like hey let's team up together so either a we can get in get in the black or stay in the red because that's what this is right mm. now and i just really feel as like there's a lot of like yuli said there's a lot of missed opportunities here with a lot of good characters on on all fronts that discovery warner does does either a does not care about or just doesn't want to focus on. Mm, yeah. Hey, Warren, uh, in like maybe a minute or so, what are your final thoughts on this? Uh, my final thoughts are I just, uh, I would like to send a box of KO Pectate to HBO Time Warner for them to get their you-know-what together. I've been, I've been waiting for years for something for them to do something that's going to strike me as much as the Marvel movies did or as much as the whole Star Wars story thing does across all, all, their, all their different uh, series. Well, that was a lot less than a minute. Drew? <laughs> uh, I think that Gunn and Saffron have an opportunity. I think that there's going to be a window where they can show they're getting their act together, they're cleaning house, they are putting the DC Universe on a more solid footing, and they're going to have a game plan going forward. And I think that this is what DC has missed all these years. They've lacked strategic vision They've lacked an overarching architect who's got the competence and the comprehension and the love for the characters all in one package. I I don't think Snyder and Nolan ever had that. I think they were deficient in a few different ways, and I think that their efforts in Man of Steel and Batman v Superman and Justice League reflect how, how far short they fell. And I think that they have an opportunity to build this thing organically. I don't think they need to chase Marvel. I think they need to compete with themselves and make the best movies they can possibly make and let the audience come to them and say, here, look, here. you know, we've we've burned credibility before. We've burned credibility for the last 20 years, but we're, we're giving it another shot and we want you to be on board. Well, I, I want to... Well, I want to go along with what you're saying with that, but I fear what happens when the first movie that these guys put out doesn't make a billion dollars and all of a sudden here's Zasloff saying well you failed you know I mean the movie only made 900 million dollars and I needed for it to make a billion dollars if if Warner Brothers is depending on DC to save them from financial insolvency then they've got much much bigger problems than that oh no especially if you've got 53 billion dollars yeah. in debt yeah i mean there ain't no i mean you need a whole lot of billion dollar yeah. movies to pull no, you out of that That's no like, no dude, film no, no film even a home run is going to save them from that they need a a solid foundation of building good movies and that's what gun and saffron can do 
if they if they kill them after the first movie does does not make a billion dollars, then they're cutting their own throats, and it's their problem and their fault. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, uh, obviously, we have uh, you know we have ideas about this. Would love to hear from you. Like I said, you can email us at producer at fantasticforum.tv. And uh, you can also visit the website at fantasticforum.tv. We've got full episodes of the TV version of the show. We've got all the segments broken out, the interviews, the toy and game profiles, the special features, the event coverage. All of that is right there at fantasticforum.tv. Also, you can tune in to WERA each and every Sunday afternoon from 4 to 5 p.m. The show re-airs there. Uh, Of course... You can also tune in to the first-run version of the show here on Saturday afternoons. show is also available as a podcast. Thanks to our friends at the Great Geek Refuge, you can download it on all the platforms where you find your favorite podcasts. And because it's the holiday season, I want to remind you that if you or someone you know may be struggling with suicidal thoughts, you can call the U.S. National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 800-273-TALK. That's 800-273-8255 any time of the day or night. Or chat online. Crisis Text Line also provides free 24-7 confidential support via text message to people in crisis when they dial 741741. If you know somebody who could benefit from that, please share it. And uh, this is our final show of the year, but we'll be back with a brand new episode next year, which also happens to be next week. Tune in 4 p.m. next week. In the meantime, Happy New Year. Don't party too hard, folks.